0: this is a liberty baptist church sermon podcast lbc is pastored by jordan zeke and exists to reach the lost disciple the saved and send the called for more information on our church please check out our website at lbcspokane.com we hope that you are encouraged by today's sermon and that it draws you closer to god you want to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 3, we have been going these past couple weeks, these past couple months, we've been talking about the life of Jesus in the book of Luke. And starting last week, we, we finished uh, Luke chapter 2, and then we began talking about the beginning of the ministry of Jesus. Last week, we talked about the story where Jesus was, uh, he was left in Jerusalem, he was found at a temple, and we talked about, you know, the three different questions of where they, where would people find you, what would people see you doing, what what would people say about you, if, you know, if something happened, and so last week we had talked about you know what what is our purpose in life, and that our purpose is to make God's business our business and to do the things for God, and so today we are in uh, just starting in Luke chapter three. And before we can even get into Christ, into Christ's ministry, we get to see a little update on John, who we read back in chapter one and chapter two, and so we're or just chapter one, I guess. But we're excited because I'm excited because I feel that today can really speak to some people, and I know it spoke to me as I was preparing this and just looking at John and his his experience and his his conversations and the different reactions that he had when people were asking him different questions. And so we're going to start off, I'm not going to read, uh, we'll be in Luke chapter 3 verses 1 through 20, I'm not going to read them all right now, but I want to read verses 1 and 2 and then to kind of give you a little bit of a description of John, what what the Bible tells us John was like. So Luke chapter 3, starting in verse 1, it says, Now in the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judah, and Herod being tetrarch of the Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of Iteria, and of the region of Trachonitis and uh, <laughs> Lysanius of the the tetrarch of Abilene Annas and Caiaphas being the high priest and the word of God came unto John the son of Zechariah in the wilderness so starts off by giving us who who the rulers are who they're rulers of and just kind of putting us in this historical place telling us hey this is what's going on but then verse 2 says uh, the word of God came unto John the son of Zecharias in the wilderness. So we know the first thing about John is he's out in the wilderness. We also read that in verse one or in chapter one that he grew up and he went into the wilderness. But um, we see in Matthew chapter three, verse four, it says, And the same John had restrained or had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey." So he was in the wilderness, and he he was making this uh these clothes of camel's hair and uh and different um leather, and his what he was eating, his diet, was locust and honey. So this is a man living in the wilderness, kind of a little rugged, and he might look a little rough, but he's this is this is who John is. Mark one six says, And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey. So all the different, the different Gospels where we see Luke, or where we see John, we see this description of, hey, here's how he looks. Here's what's going on with him, you know? And then this isn't necessarily a typical way that somebody's going to look during this time. They're not usually just have a bunch of leather and a bunch of skins and eating locusts and honey. But that's what John was doing. And then we all of a sudden see the transition from him being in the wilderness to then, him jumping into his own ministry. And I want you, before we begin reading what happens with uh, John, I want to focus on three different things that John had preached, but what we're about to read. The first thing that John preached is John preached the repentance of sin. We're going to read that. It's Luke chapter 3, verses 3 through 6. This is what it says. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it was written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying, The voice of the crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Right there in verse 3 is what I really, really want us to focus. is, uh, It says, and he came into all the country. This is John. After he got the word of the Lord, it says he came out of the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Saying that, that because he got this word from God, He all of a sudden then went to, went to the Jordan River and began baptizing people and preaching, telling them about sin, telling them about the things they were doing wrong. And then not only that, but then baptizing them when they understood that, when they, when they turned from their ways, when they, when they began to realize what he was saying and to repent. A couple different instances that we see on this is uh, Matthew, uh, it's actually Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, really. We see all of this, but it says, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judah, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Then went out or then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around about Jordan, and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. So we see not just from Luke, but then also from Matthew, and then we also see from from Mark in Mark one, four through five, it says John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Every single instance that we see the beginning of John's ministry we see that he started off by preaching repentance of sin. The very first thing that he does is he says, hey, you guys need to repent. What does repentance mean? Well, repent means to change a sinner's mind from our evil, wrong ways to the ways that are righteous and true. If we're repenting, I always think of it as it's, it's a repentance is a complete 180. That's, hey, we're going this way, and this way's evil, this way's wrong, but if I'm going to repent, I'm going to completely turn around. I'm going to to go the opposite way, go from my evil thoughts to the right thoughts. That's what That's what John talked about. We need to understand that our thoughts, ideas, our visions, our wisdom that we might have is not always what's best for us. We like to focus on our earthly wisdom, the things that we think are right for us, without actually truly understanding that God has a better plan for our lives. But John started off by teaching this to people, by saying, hey, we need to repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Christ is coming. There's a big event that's about to happen. We need to repent. We need to understand that this isn't the way we need to go. We need to change it up. We need to go back one thing for us to know is that we're all sinners. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Not only that, Luke 5.31-32 says, and Jesus answering said, they that are uh, whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Christ has come to not because we're okay, not because we're good with where we're at, not because we are on the right path, but because we're all sinners and we need to repent. That that's what, what, is what John started off his entire ministry with. He's saying, hey, here's, what, here's what's going on. We're, we're going the wrong way. We need to turn around and start doing what's right. Start doing what's holy. Start doing what's godly. Because we're all sinners. Not only that, but we all need to repent. That's why he said... That's why he, he told us all to repent. Acts 20, says, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what the disciples were doing. This is what the prophets were doing. This is what everybody was doing, saying, hey, we need to repent and go towards God, towards the faith of Jesus Christ. That's why John starts, starts off his, his ministry and says, hey, repent because the kingdom of God is at hand there's something big happening somebody is coming and then we'll we'll, we'll see in a little bit that he begins to talk about Christ but he starts off by saying hey we need to repent we're all sinners we need we must turn from our ways but then not only that we know looking back that we must act on that repentance John is saying, "Hey, repent and and change your ways." But he's not just simply saying, "Hey, once you say that, I'm done. I'm, you're done. That you know you've changed your ways. Good job. That's it." No, he's saying, "Act on it. Do something about it." When we repent, we're changing everything. Matthew twenty one twenty eight through thirty two says this. This is Christ speaking. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, "Son." go work today in my vineyard and he answered and said I will not but afterward he repented and went and he came to the second and said likewise and answered and said I go sir and went not whither of them twain did the will of his father they said unto him the first Jesus said unto him verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you for John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not, but the publicans and the harlots believed him. And ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward, that ye might believe him. This, this, this illustration that Jesus gives is saying, hey, there's a, there's a father, and he's got two sons, and he tells one, go work. And he says, I'm not going to do it, Dad. I'm not, I don't want to. But then he thinks about it, and he thinks about it, and he realizes, okay, that's not right. I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn from what I thought, and I'm going to do what my dad thought. Then he comes to the second son. He says, hey, go work. And he says, all right, dad, I'll go work. But he never does because we need to act upon our repentance. This, this person, they can the, the second son, he can say all he wants that, yes, you know, in, in our instance, yes, I believe in Christ. Yes, I'm, I, I'm saved. Yes, I want to live for Christ. But if we're not like the first son and actually change our ways, then we're not going to do anything. Then repentance means nothing because we haven't truly repented. When John says that we need to repent, he's talking about a full change in our life, a full change in our lifestyle. We understand that the first thing that John did is that he preached repentance of sin. The second thing that John preached is transformation. John preached about what we need to do with that repentance. Luke 3, 7-14, through 14, if you want to follow along with me, this is what it says. Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance, and begin not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our fathers. For I say unto you that God is able to these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid upon the root and the, uh, of the trees. Every tree therefore which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And the people asked him saying, What shall we do then? And he answered and said unto them, He that hath two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. And he that hath meat, let him do likewise. Then came also the publicans to be baptized and said unto him, Master, what shall we do? And he said unto them, Exact no more than that which is appointed to you. And the soldiers likewise demanded of him, saying, What shall we do? And he said, Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely and be content with your wages so all of these people all of these people who are coming to get baptized all of a sudden John says hey you need to not only repent of your sins but you need to act on it you need you need to do something about it when we show true repentance our lives will show this change he's saying hey he says, uh, to the multitude, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Why, why, are you, why are you doing this? Why are you here? Why are you trying to get baptized? And they said, well, you know, you told us to. You, that's why we're here, to repent. And he says, no, you aren't truly doing that. He says, you're, you're, you're saying, man, I'm, I, it's okay, I'm, I'm just going to rely on my father Abraham. He's, he's got me. And he says, no. That's not right. That's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to change yourself. You don't get saved because of Abraham. You change because of your own actions. So then they ask, well, well what, do, what do we do? What do we do about this? Why You're giving us no solutions. And he says, well, if you have two coats, somebody doesn't have any, give him one. If you've got food, somebody doesn't have any, give him some food. Act on it let those let those let those fruits come forth. When he's talking about fruits, he's talking about the fruit of the spirit. When we have true repentance, our spirit will show it in the fruits of the spirit. Matthew 7:16 through 20 says, this is Jesus. It says, ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes or thorns or figs or thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Those who are saved, those who are truly repentant, you're going to know about it because they're going to act on that. They're going to show the fruit of the Spirit, which is love which is joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness kindness meekness temperance all of these different fruits christ says you're going to know people because of the way that they act if somebody he says if somebody is is has good fruit then you know that the tree is good but if the tree's bad if somebody's not truly repentant if they're they're not truly wanting to change their actions are going to show it they're going to bring forth bad fruit they're not going to bring forth the fruit of the spirit, and he even says that those uh, every tree that brings not good fruit is hewn or it's cut down. Harley knows all about cutting down trees, and it's cast into a fire. It's it's disposed of. It's taken care of. It's made sure that it's not going to infect everything else. If it's not producing good fruit, then it needs to be pruned. It needs to be taken care of. But when John is talking, when he's saying, hey, here's what we do, he's talking about a transformation. He's talking about a change. He's telling people, hey, you can't just say, I'm, I'm going to repent. I, 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 I'm done with my sin. No, you need to act on that. That's what then even Christ said. Is Again, if one son says, yeah, no, dad, I'm not going to do that, and then he never does, he didn't ever truly repent. But if he repents and he goes and does it, that's a true repentance. So he talks about, he preaches, he preaches repentance, but he also preaches, tra- or preaches transformation. The evidence of our change will be shown in our everyday lives. One of my favorite books in the Bible, James 1, has so much wisdom and so much knowledge. But in 1925 of James 1, this is what it says. It says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness an engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. I love this illustration because it it, it talks about somebody who, who, if they're truly wanting to change, if they're truly wanting to live a different life, if they're truly wanting to live for God, then they're going to. It says, hey, there's this person who looks in a mirror and they look and they go, wow, I got a blemish here. My hair is messy. I haven't brushed my teeth. I haven't done this. I haven't done this. I haven't done this. But then all of a sudden he turns around and he walks away and he doesn't fix any of it. He says, okay, I've got all these issues. I've got all these problems. I look bad. I'm stinky. I got all this stuff going wrong. But he does nothing to change it. And he just turns around and immediately forgets what he just saw because he doesn't truly care. He doesn't truly have a repentant heart. But he says, "Though the man who looks into the perfect law of liberty, into God's word, into what God has called us to do, he says, he that continues therein shall be blessed in his deed. He's like a man who looks at his face and he sees, wow, here's my issues, here's what's going on, here's what's wrong in my life, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to stand right here, I'm going to brush my teeth, I'm going to comb my hair, I'm going to make myself look nice, I'm going to fix the issues in my life, rather than just letting them sit, letting them fester, letting them be on display for everybody to see. When John talks about changing and being repentant, and, and repenting from our sins. He talks about a transformation. He says, you guys need to do this. Here's what you need to do. You have two coats, give, give one away. Give it to somebody who needs it. You have food, you have extra food, give it to somebody who needs it. And then it even gets in, into specifics of, of hey, you, you publicans and, and you soldiers and all these different people of, hey, what, what do we do? Change what you're doing. Change it. Don't don't keep living the way that, that society tells you to live, that, that your flesh tells you sh- you should do, but live the way that is godly. Live the way that's going to display good fruit. Live the way that's going to point to God rather than pointing to the flesh. The first two things that John preaches in his very, the very first thing that he does is he preaches repentance of sin and he preaches transformation. But then all of a sudden, we see in, John, or in Luke chapter 3, we see that John preached Christ as Messiah. He didn't just say, hey, you're sinners, you need to change, you need to repent. He then began to point towards the one who can help them. Luke three fifteen through 20, this is what it says. It says, And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John whether he was Christ or not, John answered, saying unto them, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet on whose shoes I am not worthy to unclose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner, and the chaff he will burn with a fire unquenchable. And many other things in this exhortation preached he unto the people. All of a sudden, John changes from just repentance, just from changing your ways to pointing to the one who can help them. They start to question, they start to ask, man, is this... this, Is this Christ? Is this the guy that we've been waiting for? And John says, no, that's not me. I'm not Christ. There's going to be somebody who comes who's greater than me. Somebody who is so great, I can't even untie his, I can't even mess with his sandals. That's how great he is. That's how amazing, how how much honor I have for the person that's coming. The Christ, the Messiah that's coming. In Matthew 11:12, we see these, these same instances in Mark and John, and I'm going to read some of them just because I just like them. I, like I like his interaction with these people. I like the way that he's talking to them. It says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier, and whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with his fire whose hand is, or whose fan is in his hand he will pur- uh, thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner and will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire we we learned a couple weeks ago in our our um our first sunday of the year we talked about being planted and we talked about psalm 1 and we had talked about chaff if you remember we talked about what chaff is it's the outside of wheat. It's, it's when, when a, a combine is, is going and, and all of a sudden you see all this dust. That's the outside of the wheat just blowing away. Because Psalm 1 says that the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind drives away. It it blows it away. They go wherever they want to go. And it even says right here that that... Christ is going to take that chaff, the, the things that are blowing wherever they want and not, not doing the things in the will of God, and they're going to be put in a furnace. They're going to burn up with unquenchable fire. Mark 1, 7 through 8 says, And uh, preach, saying, there cometh one mightier than me, whose latch of his shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. Indeed, I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost, over and over and over again. The last one I'm going to read is, is John one nineteen through thirty, because it gives a little bit more of this interaction. In the second record of John, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, "Who art thou?" And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. And they said unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet of Is- the prophet Esaias, and that which were sent uh, were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptize thou then, if thou be not Christ, nor Elias, neither a prophet? Why, why, what gives you the right to do this, John? And he said, I baptize with water, but there's standing one among you, whom ye know not. He it is who cometh after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latchet I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Bethbera beyond Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and say, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, and he is the one whom I said after me, Cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. John, in his very first interaction with people, he, one, he preaches repentance of sin. Two, he, he preaches uh, transformation. But three, he preached Christ as the Messiah. Not himself, not saying, hey, this is, my, this is what I think is, you should do. This is what, what I have the right to tell you to do. No, he says, there's going to come somebody after me. That's your Christ that's your Messiah. I'm not him. I'm not even a prophet. I'm just here because I'm here to make straight the pathway for him, to help point you guys to him, to say, hey, he's over there. And then in John, we even see the next day after this discussion, he sees Jesus and says, behold, the lamb of God, which is taketh away the sin of the world. This is whom I said, this is the guy. After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. What John understands is that Christ is the only one that can save. He understands that his baptisms, the thing he's doing, saying, I baptize you with water, it's not overly significant. This isn't saving you. But there's going to come one who can save you, who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. We've been learning in Sunday school about the Holy Spirit and about about, uh, the Holy Spirit's role in pre-conversion and conversion. And then today we talked about believers and we we were talking about how the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ right when salvation happens. When When we get saved, we are immediately baptized by the Holy Spirit. So him saying that I'm, I'm just the guy baptizing you with water, there's going to come somebody who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, he's saying, I can't save you. This is just water. But he can save you. Acts four ten through 12 says this, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doeth this man stand here before you whole, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby ye must be saved. In Acts, we see we see this this, this conversation between some prophets and, and uh, the, some disciples and some people. And they're saying, man, tell us how to be saved. And he says... Well, you already know how to be saved. It's Jesus of Nazareth, who you guys crucified, who God raised from the dead. But there's no other name but Jesus that can save. It says, neither is there salvation in any other. Not John, not Peter, not, not, not James, not anybody. Nobody but Christ. So John... Begins to preach Christ because he knows that Christ is the only one that can save, but he also knows that, that Christ, I noticed I put Chris, that's probably what people are laughing about. Not Chris. Chris can't save you. I'll tell you that right now. Chris cannot. I'll, I'll pay more attention next time. It, it, it did not correct it because Chris is a name. So, no, Christ is the only one that can save, but not only that, Christ is the only one who is holy enough to save. Acts three fourteen through 15 says, uh, But ye denied the Holy One and the just, and desired a murderer to be granted unto you, and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, wherefore we are witnesses. Hebrews 4.14 says, Seeing then that we, are the, uh, that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Hebrews 7.26 says, For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. John understood when he was preaching these things that he, he can't save people. That yes, he can tell them to repent. That they're sinners. That they need to repent. That yes, he can can tell them that they need to be transformed. They need to change their lifestyle. They need to to change the ways that they're doing. The ungodly, the sinful things that they're doing. But more important than that, he says, the only way you can do that is through the man who's coming. Through Christ who is about to be here. Not me. Not me not anybody else. I'm not a prophet. I'm not anything special. I'm just baptizing you with water. But he is the one who can save because he is the one who is holy. I'm not even holy enough. I'm not even good enough to touch his sandals. I can't wear his shoes. I can't be in his place. I can't unlatch his sandal. I can't do any of that because I'm not holy enough. He's the greatest among you. That's what he says. That's what the Bible says. We, we see numerous times where they lift Christ up because he should be glorified. John, when he came onto the scene, he was really seen as this, this great guy, this, this big, this big name. I mean, I mean, John is mentioned throughout all of the, the New Testament because he's a big name. He's doing great things. He's doing remarkable things. But John understands the significance of his role. We've been talking, uh, we talked at the beginning of December about John's role and about how he is supposed to pave the path for Christ. He's supposed to point others to Christ. He's supposed to say, hey, it's not me, it's him. And that's what he does immediately. Right away, we, when, we, when we see him as after the entire time that we don't know what he was doing in the wilderness, but all of a sudden the first time we see him again, he's pointing to Christ. He's saying, "Hey, change your life. Hey, 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 fix the things that are wrong, but follow Christ. It's not me. It's not because of me. It's because of him." We'll see next week when with the baptism of Christ what happens because it's a miraculous thing and it really showed people and helped them understand, yeah, John's not the guy. He's not. He's not Christ. He's not a prophet. He's not. He's not Elias. He's not uh, or Elisha. He's. He's not any of these things. He's just simply the person who goes before Christ. That's what. That's what even even John himself had said. That's his role, because that's the role that he was prophesied to have. So when we first see John, we see that he preaches repentance of sin he preaches transformation but he preached christ as messiah so what is our mission what's our goal how do what do we take away from this well our our goal is three things we need to repent we need to represent and we need to redirect that's what we need to do those those three r's i i alliterated it for you so it's easy to remember we need to number one repent change the ways that change the things that we're doing understand that we're sinners for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. The, the result of sin is death. But because Christ came into the world, we can be saved. That is what repentance is. It's changing from our unholy ways to his holiness. Trying to be sanctified. We talked about sanctification in, in uh, Sunday school this morning and talked about how sanctification is striving for holiness, being set apart, being something different than everybody else because we want to be like Christ. We need to, number one, we need to repent, but number two, we need to represent. We need to make sure that we're representing God correctly. That means letting it transform our lives, letting it change the ways that we talk to people, letting it change the things that we do. If we're truly repentant, if we're truly saved, if we truly want a relationship with Christ, then repentance comes over and over and over again, but representation comes when we are striving for God when we are walking in the Spirit, when we are trying to live the ways that He has called us to do. And and the result of that is the fruit of the Spirit. Again, we talked about that this morning. Because when we're truly repentant, we're going to want to love. We're going to want to share joy. We're going to be meek. We're going to be patient. We're going to be all these different things if we truly want to glorify God. That's what we're striving with. We talked about, again, sanctification and and, and trying to strive for holiness. We're never going to reach it, but we're a representation of what that looks like. We can always point to Christ because he's the perfect holy one, the, the only one who can save. But out there, it's really difficult sometimes to represent that with our words, to say, hey, have you heard about Christ? Hey, hey, let's have a conversation about this. Sometimes the ways we represent God is through our actions, through our conversations, through the things that we do, through our life. John understood that we need to repent, we need to represent, but then we need to redirect. A lot of people, they always ask, you know, man, you guys, you, you, you. Just anybody, just, man, you, you're really happy all the time. Why, why is that? What's going on? Man, you're really nice all the time. What's going on? You know, and this isn't, this isn't me. They don't tell me this. Don't worry. But believers, they're always asking that question. What, what's, what's different about you? Oh, it's nothing, it's nothing about me, but it's because I've been saved. It's because of God. It's because of Christ. It's because of, redirect it. Don't take it and say, man, I'm just always happy. It's always a good time here. Man, I'm, I'm always this. I'm always that hard worker. You know, it's just a, no, it's man, Christ saved me. Christ, is, he's the glorified one. He's the one who can save. He's the one who gives me joy. He's the one who loves me. He's the one who allows me to be patient. He's the one who helps me make the hard decisions in life to be okay with things going wrong if we're truly repentant, if we're truly representing Christ, then we're going to have to redirect to him, saying, don't give me any glory. I don't deserve any of it. Christ does. I don't deserve a word of praise that you have for me. Christ does. It doesn't matter if, if, if we're old, if we're young. We have to be different. But we can't be different if we don't know Christ. As we look at the beginning of Christ and his ministry, we looked at John and just the different things and the different ways that he preached. The very first thing that he did is he preached repentance. That repentance is to understand that we're sinners. We can't have salvation. We can't have a transformation. We can't have a redirection if we haven't first had the repentance. If we haven't first understood that Christ is Lord. That Christ is the one who can save. He's the one who's holy. I want to just take a moment, if everybody could bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want to take a moment and to just pray with you guys. Pray if, if there's anybody in here who hasn't accepted Christ who doesn't know Christ as their Savior who hasn't made the repentance who hasn't tried to change the way they're living to try and glorify God the ways that they that they should then I want you to just take a moment to think to pray I'm not going to ask anybody to stand up I'm not going to ask anybody raise your hands I'm not going to do any of that this is a personal time I want you guys to just sit and pray If you are saved, if you have made that repentance, pray for transformation. Pray that you can represent Christ in your everyday life. Pray that you can redirect, that you can point to Christ, that it can start gospel conversations. That you can be a light in this world to the darkness. I'm going to take just a moment and we're going to pray silently and then I'll, I'll end us in prayer and we'll have one more song. I just want everybody to pray. Pray for repentance. Pray for being good representatives. And pray that we can continually redirect towards Christ. Dear God, we come before you today and we thank you for this time for us to just be together, to be able to 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 understand who John was and to understand the role that John played. To be able to look at at the initial time that we see John and seeing that he's preaching repentance from sin, that he's preaching transformation in our lives, but more importantly that he is preaching you. That he is preaching salvation through Jesus Christ, the one who we aren't even holy enough, good enough, anything enough to even touch his sandal. Help us to remember that there is no other way unto salvation except through Christ. Help us to understand that if we are saved, if we have made that repentance, that we need to live it. Our lives should show the transformation. Help us to be a new creation. Help us to walk in the Spirit, to, to live out the fruits that you want us to live out. We love you, and we thank you, and we, we want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.